Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Earners, what's up? Look, I wanna give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. I'm Arian Simone, everybody. I run the Fearless Fund along with my partner, Ayanna Parsons. And we run the nation's first venture capital fund that's built by women of color for women of color. 
<clears throat> excuse me. So we invest black and brown women. So we've invested in Asian women, Latina women, but of course we have definitely invested in many black women. We've made over 41 investments. We've invested in over $26 million in investment capital. At our foundation, we have awarded over 350 grants hmm. and over 4 million in um, grant dollars. And we've raised much more money than we have deployed because we are also in a fundraising cycle for our fund too. We were hit with a lawsuit on August 2nd by Everbloom, the conservative legal strategist who stopped affirmative action at the collegiate level back in June in the Supreme Court. His next federal lawsuit and target was us and looked up and we had a lawsuit out of nowhere. Like August 2nd, my life just changed. And we lawyered up, of course, in order to deal with this situation but it is real. They are trying to stop diversity, equity, and inclusion funding across all corporations. They are trying to instill fear to stop millions and billions of dollars from getting in the hands of people of color, male and female, as well as women. And it's it's honestly just quite disturbing. They're trying to use us as a small company, as like a baseline case to say, mm. okay, if we can set precedent here by knocking them off, we can go get everybody else. So, Ian, you got you got a question? Yes. Um, number one, what, as an audience and as a show, what can we do to support you in this fight? I do want to have the, your, the conversation tonight on if venture capital scale is broken. Um, but why do you think this is happening now? And number two, as a show, what can we do to support you in this fight? Thank you so much. Why do I think this is happening now? Um, there's been a lot of reversal of rights at a very rapid rate. Roe versus Wade was reversed. Affirmative action has just been reversed. And now they're trying to stop minority funding, which for me, that is just very detrimental. The government already stopped its funding for its minority grants. They've also already stopped their minority certifications, put them on pause. Um, why now? I think people are trying to reverse the economic progress hmm. that a lot of people made post George Floyd. Um, so that's also why now. Why now? We're in an election cycle upcoming. Yeah. That's another um, why now. Our lawsuit states that they are claiming or alleging we're discriminating according to the Civil Rights Act of 1866, not 1964, 1866, <laughs> which was put in place right post-slavery of 1865. And this Civil Rights Act states that so this is about our economic freedom. And for anybody to try to flip that on its head, it's very dangerous. We need everybody to receive their funding. They're on a whole nother, this, I, I, I will definitely break down what venture capital is for anybody who doesn't know. So venture capital is just exchanging cash for ownership. What we do looks like Shark Tank. People come to us with their business and we say, hey, what do you want? They say we want $500,000 in exchange for 10% ownership of our, of our company. So it looks just like Shark Tank, cash for ownership. You hear cash for equity. Um, we work in the space of job creation. We work in the space of reducing the wealth gap. And I can get into how all that plays into this. But everybody on here knows the wealth gap is just widening and widening. Yeah. And by like 2053 is what they claim will be at like zero for black people but i can break down how venture capital plays a direct role in this whole wealth gap situation but what yes please do, 
Oh, you say go for it now, Ian? Yes, go ahead. Okay. The technology industry is the world's largest wealth producing industry. This is on a, mm -hmm. just a basic level. It is backed by venture capital. Tech is very capital intensive to build and venture capitalists back it. So you have 92% white male of our industry that are investors in VC. And they pretty much have put most of the money into white male startups. So therefore the returns are then doing just like this. Hmm. The white male investors, white male startups. And because it's the world's largest wealth producing industry, it's making the wealth gap get wider and wider and wider. Because if this one right here, if this circle just keeps going around and around and around, they keep making more money and more money, and more money. It's the world's largest wealth producing industry. It keeps widening and widening and widening faster and faster and faster. We have to participate in this process of investing in tech and creating tech in order to be part of the world's largest wealth producing industry. So there's that. Um, $62 trillion industry, PEVC, it's a huge industry. Yeah. It's primarily backed by pension funds, endowments, um, insurance companies. So pension funds are like the bulk of what backs the investors. Pension funds are built off of careers like teachers, police officers, um, firemen. Firefighters, yeah. A lot of careers were dominated by people of color working there. So you've got the people of color working, you've got the pension funds that are backed by these people. And then this money goes up to the 92% white men and then goes up to the white startups. And then when does it go back to the bottom of the people of color whose backs the pension funds were built off of? Hmm. When, do, when does that take place? So that's why this wealth gap keeps getting wider and wider and wider. And I always said that after fund two, which is what the fund cycle we're now raising, I always said, Aaron, you have to pause and get into some policy work once you finish closing that fund, because I got to change some laws down here. We need some minority mandates that say, if you want to basically build the backs off of this money off these people, yeah. we need to go back into that community. Yeah. Just, just point blank. It's like when you have a mayor, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and Mayor Coleman Young, when I was a kid, he made every contract reflect the demographics of the city. Atlanta, I live in Atlanta now. We got like a 30% minority mandate. I'm like, for what? We 60% minority. Yeah. 30% minority mandate. It needs to be exact. So we need some policies that says this money has to go right back into those communities. What people can do today, and I'm so sorry for being long-winded. No, enjoy. go ahead. But what people can do um, is go to fearlessfreedomnow.org. They can sign our petition. We have thousands and thousands of people. What we're doing is collecting all of this data because we are also not just, I guess you would say, we're probably just the first target in this. Since then, they have sued multiple and multiple people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this case gets dismissed soon. I have to go to federal court tomorrow morning. <laughs> Hopefully this can get dismissed soon. But whoever is the next target, I would like to be able to pass this on to say here is a resource, you know, that can also help. It's just it's just ridiculous. But you can make donations to our foundation because right now there may be corporations that are like. Hey, we may not want to touch litigation. And both of our companies have been built off the backs of corporate dollars. We're backed by JP Morgan Chase, mm -hmm. Bank of America, MasterCard, 
PayPal, and a host of others. Yeah. They've been investors in our fund or they're donors in our foundation or and or somewhat both. So if you want to donate to our foundation, you have that option there too. But definitely sign the petition because that's what we can say the data of the people that are upset with this and that would like to take a stance with us. It's a lot. So, I mean, you can, inside of what you just said, you can hear the purpose of why this fund needs to be created. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the lawsuit is focusing on the Fearless Fund Strivers grant contest specifically. So talk about what that is and why they're specifically attacking that. Most definitely. Um, two things. We are being, though that's what they're saying, we're being, all of the entities are being sued. <laughs> Let me be clear on that. Mm. They filed suit on the foundation, the fund, the management company, and the GP. And this is public information. So all the entities are being sued. They targeted um, the Strivers Grant Contest. It's a partnership we have with MasterCard. And through that contest, we award, the commitment is that MasterCard has to the Black community. It awards Black women with this grant. We're the funded, the administrators for this grant. And they've picked that one out because it says Black. I mean, it just mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, our thesis, like I said, is Black and Brown. But they picked that one out because MasterCard has a commitment to the Black community. So, um, all right. So this is something that you can't, they're trying to say, you can't say it's for black. Cause you can, you can give money to whoever you want. Right. right. Like you said, the, the white, the white v, VC firms are mostly only funding white businesses. Right. Um, so if you, if it didn't say black and you just donate, if you just gave it, not donate, if you invested it with black businesses, you can do that. And there's no problem, right? Yeah, but Rashad, you were actually you were actually right because that side is a donation. That's a, that's a grant program. That's on the foundation side. The and the VC side, of course, invest. But um, you are correct. You are correct there. But the reason why people have these commitments is really just due to the disparities. Mm -hmm. You know, there's many other black programs. There's many other Latina programs and many other Jewish programs. It exists because of the disparities. I mean, black women get a fraction of a percent of funding, whether you're talking VC, debt-based financing grants or anything. Yeah. You know, black and brown women combined are still at a fraction of a percent. Black people as a whole are still definitely under 2%. Yeah. So you're saying that you shouldn't even have to, um, it's okay to just say it's for black people. It, it's not a problem. It's not it's not discriminating against somebody else if you're just saying that this is something that is set up for a certain group of people. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I can I desire what is interesting about this is I actually desire the same world that the plaintiff is saying. He's saying that, oh, we want to take race out of it. I'd love to live in that world. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I love to, no, that would be incredible. I actually want what you want. Yeah, I, I would love to live in that world where we don't have to have programs for black people or have programs for people of color or have programs for Latinas. I, I, I would like to live in that world, too. But because we don't live in an equitable society, that's why these programs are created. But what's your outcome of what you desire? I desire that, too. I've been saying for a long time, the venture capital is broken, uh, especially for this reason, because the Big 12, Airbnb, Coinbase, Udacity, like none of them have any black founders. Can you tell us like how much increase we would see in GDP um, if more black and brown founders 
were given capital and then were led to the IPO eventually at the end of the day? Yeah, that's that's what people are concerned about. <laughs> yep. So that's why I'm so glad you asked that question, because when you that's why I also gave that circle of how it's going from here to here to here and not going there. The second you empower more black founders with more capital infusion, you now have more wealth creation that will then go back into our communities. You have more job creation that goes back into our communities. You start to reduce the wealth gap, which is why we're in the business doing the stuff that we're doing anyway. As an angel investor, my thesis, the thesis for the Fearless Fund just happens to be women of color. But as an angel investor, I, I invest in black males all the time. Mm. I cut, I'm on plenty of cap tables. I cut checks all the time. In, the, in that area, because that is the reality. We will help reduce the wealth gap by investing in our black founders. Yeah, can, can you talk about the, the lawsuit is being filed in the state of Georgia? That is correct, in the um, 11th district. Um, it's yeah. a federal court right. case. Yeah, and I, I wanted to talk about the intentionality of where the, the lawsuit is being filed, because I think that's important, and the trickle-down effect of, of how Supreme Court now could you know, come into play and, and the effects of that and who's been placed in those positions. Well, Troy, you're exactly right. We've noticed that the plaintiff will file cases in areas where they think that the judges are in their favor. Um, I don't know why we were targeted in particular, but that's somebody's, that, uh, that has been people's theory. They're like, oh, they're in Georgia. <laughs> and the way the federal courts work is that, um, you know, they, they basically the judges are picked on a lottery. So it's the luck of the draw of who you get. So um, you mentioned something about the pension system, something that Robert Smith has said before, where he thinks that it should be um, a mandate of, like, let's say if it's uh, teachers of New York City's pension and 25 percent of the teachers are black, then 25 percent of the capital should be managed by black fund managers. Um, so. As far as that, is that is that something you talk about legislation? Is that something that is like could be legislation as far as, you know, public funds and, and how, how would that actually work as far as that is concerned? No, you you hit the nail on the head. The reason why is because the public sector is governed by the government. So that's why I was saying policies need to be put in place. You gave a perfect example of 25% of the teachers is black. We need 25% of their money going to black fund managers and not just the black fund managers, black fund managers that are investing in black businesses. Yeah. Just because you get a black fund manager doesn't necessarily mean that it's going into a black business. So we got to make sure it's going all the way around. Um, but you are correct. We're going to need some policies put in place, some legislation put in place and some minority mandates that reflect the demographics of the people, even in the city, that reflected the demographics of the contracts. Every, every city should be functioning like that. Every pension fund should be functioning like that. Any public entity should be serving the people that are there. It should be serving the people that are there fairly. Yeah. When you're cutting checks as an angel, like what are you looking for in a startup that will make you say, I have to be a part of this business or they're in the industry that I'm really attracted to. Cause I'm sure some people tonight want to be able to be in contact with you or get funding for their business. So what are you looking for in a superstar startup? Woo. In a superstar startup, it's, it's no different than at the fund. Um, we look at how strong the brand story is. 
because that's what we know other investors will buy into. We look at um, how strong the product is, how strong the team is, because once you sell something, can you actually execute on it? We look at um, the traction. You know, and traction can mean a lot of things. It could be social media following. It could be email lists. It could be sales. Yeah. It could be a lot of different things, but you got to be able to prove traction. Traction and brand story, you already got my ear. The other things we have to look into further. Um, if it's a pre-seat deal, meaning they have no revenue, you're literally betting on the founder. Mm-hmm. So there is a level of, I would say, intuition <laughs> that definitely goes into this. And there are some people in my opinion, who may be a little bit more rough around the edges. But I'm like, if you got the hustle and you got the grit, we could put some corporate folks around you. Yeah. But if you got the, because the hustle and the grit, I can't go, I can't go higher. You that. can't find that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go higher that. But if I know you got the tenacity that you're going to be resilient and you're going to weather the storm, I'm like, okay, I can work with that. But yeah. So there's a level of what's on paper and then there's still a level of intuition. Are you able to share some of the companies that you've invested in? I know that there's a there's a former uh, alumni of our show, uh, Pinky Cole. Um, oh yes, I definitely can. Um, and they they're even also on our website, Fearless That Fun. So we've invested in Slutty Vegan, the Lip Bar, Partake, Thirteen Moon, a whole a lot of I would say I take pride in when I see that women of color list pop up a lot. Yeah, I mean we dominate that list. So I take pride. Like our girls have been on the cover from the inks to the they're on everybody's forbes list they're on they they've made time 100 i saw pinky just made it but others have made it too has made the time 100 list like they are these girls are rock stars they are running multi-million dollar businesses they are growing and scaling at rapid rates they are doing awesome I, i'm very proud of what we've invested in catch those springtime vibes all over arizona Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.